When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, what up, everybody? Welcome to Lowell's, a show hosted by a couple of nerds who hate freedom. I'm here with my buddy, Brick75, a.k.a. Brian Hooper. How we doing, buddy? Fantastic. Uh, how you How you doing, man? You know, I'm I'm doing good. I'm starting to, uh, you know, I, it's starting to get rainy and cold here in New England. Not a lot of uh, options for getting outdoors these days. So I'm starting to feel a little restless. I'm feeling the winter starting to bear down on me. Uh, so that's not great, but getting to hang out with my buds online makes it all palatable, Brian. Yeah. And you do plenty of that. So you should be, (laughs) you should be fine. Well, that was funny too, because people, I had said on the shows that uh, on previous shows that I'm trying to scale back my drinking. And so people think I have a drinking problem and, and I'm being honest when I say I'm a social drinker. The problem is, is I'm socializing online nonstop. So right. I have all these excuses to socially drink. Yeah. That is the best way to drink. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, and by the way, we're going to have, uh, Justin McMahon. Is that how you pronounce his last name? McMahon. I, I just, we call him J Mac. We're going to have J Mac. Um, the man behind the war rooms over at DFI takeover. He reached out to us, loved our show last week, wanted to get on, talk some high stakes, DFS, all of Mac- that good Mac- stuff. McMahon. McMahon, 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 one of the two. We'll get to the bottom of it when he comes on, but he'll be coming on here in a little bit at 8.30. But yeah, so we're going to shoot the shit here uh, for a bit. We'll do an interview with him. I mean, I assume everyone wants uh, an update on the the hotly contested Thunderdome matchups between Osimo and EM Duke. Do you have a, an update for us? I only saw the, uh, the NFL stuff really. So I, I don't know exactly where we're at. I, you know, I don't have, I'm not like following it that closely, but I think I got a, uh, a good idea. So, so he has a Jones, Rufus Peabody and Alex are the three that I'm aware of that he's directly playing against. And then the big side bet is the mock love side bet for 500 K betting on Alex in the Thunderdome. And so I th- um, Ru- I believe he beat Rufus last week. Uh, his Where golf- are, are they just playing like a, a head-to-head and settling on the side? Yes, uh, uh, allegedly. I don't know if <laughs> it's kosher. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly him and allegedly A.E. Jones are doing that the same thing, yeah. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, and so A. Jones beat him by like six points or something in a head-to-head. Was that how did you did how, was was that publicized? I guess it, I didn't see it. Yeah, for, I don't know for some reason. I guess A. Jones isn't really in the like the DFS uh, zeitgeist anymore, so people aren't like retweeting him or stuff. But if you follow him, 
he posted. I, I do follow. Okay. All right. I got to hunt that down. I, you know, I didn't know if he was just kind of squirreled away in his cabin with Mike McDonald up there in, in Canada or whatever. Is that where he's living now? I thought he was in yeah. Mexico. I'm pretty sure they're, they're roommates because that's what uh, has been, been part of this where they have claimed that AE Jones doesn't have all of his action and that Mike McDonald is, uh, is backing him. So I think that has been part of the plot line. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he had, they, they had like, I don't know, like six or seven of the same players. Um, but a Jones pivots, uh, I, I think he had Kyler Murray. So he had that late night hammer for 47 that put him over uh, the top. So that was for 110 K. Yeah. Um, for did him. you play, did you play cash on this NFL slate? Not on DK on, uh, Yahoo and Superdraft. Okay, I was gonna say because I was listening to the Gilcast with with Davis and Sammy and Nate Noling, and I guess that was a a debate whether people were playing Kyler into Sean Watson in cash, which it sounds like was the the two v two or the the quarterback decision those guys yeah. had as well. On Yahoo, I felt it was um, Deshaun and Josh Allen. Yeah, and uh, I had, and Diggs kept was like a, popping up in my cash lineup, so I just I went with Allen the correlation and i mean i it won but it could have won a lot more um to get those extra few points from watson yeah it's uh i had i i had a josh allen to dig stack in my main uh spy lineup and that that did not go well you know when tyler bass is out there kicking seven field goals you know it's it's yeah, gonna be tough i know yeah and he still threw through for over 300 and like rushed yeah. for 60 and it's the jets um what it, whatever anyways and then um and then, and then our boy Jake here is is what I was just about to say, is Alex lost all three, so they basically have three different sports each weekend for three weeks in a row, and I think the last, the tenth contest will be determined by a coin flip. There's just random; they're going to pick something. Um, and even though he lost all three, he's only down ten k, but uh. Uh, but Blake had 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 a good weekend. You can't can't really deny it. He, yeah, he, well, uh, his golf team was like really had a good weekend. Um, uh, his foot his football team was you know pretty much ca- pretty really solid cash team. Yeah, and with, with none of like what happened over the weekend, uh, other than Osmo playing Julian Edelman, uh, nothing was too surprising to me as far as like the strategies they took. And you can speak more to the PGA and MMA. I, I can look at those lineups and it might as well be uh, Korean uh, to me, but their NFL lineups, it was like empire jammed uh, uh, an optimal and, and Osmo going with a more contrarian game stack there. So he, he's clearly trying to get first in one of these Thunderdomes. And, and uh, I think that's going to be the dynamic that plays out. Did you, what did you think of the uh, Carolina Bridgewater stack? The I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, Carolina's offense is so concentrated right now between those two receivers. Their tight end, Ian Thomas, is getting no work whatsoever. This game was a little weird in that they started introducing Curtis Samuel a little bit as a ball carry, but I loved it as like he wanted to play Alvin Kamara, and then how do you get unique around that? I, I thought it was a really sharp lineup. Yeah, okay. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, that's a little aggressive. And then, like, immediately I saw a 71-yard bomb to DJ Moore on red zone. I'm like, okay, all right. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's a few of these offenses where it's so condensed that that kind of double stack makes sense. I mean, we've seen it a lot with Seattle. You have to pay a little bit more for that one with DK Metcalf Mm -hmm. and Tyler Lockett. But you're generally, when there's not a big tight end in the offense and there's two alpha wide receivers, you can normally capture a huge chunk of the passing production and he got it at a cheap price. So uh, I, I like that play from Osmo. I just, I want to hear his story behind the Edelman play. Uh, I just, I couldn't arrive on that from, from the projection standpoint and just it, my own personal biases and narratives yeah. either. Yeah. Especially this year. Um, Edelman's always cheap on Yahoo for some reason. So like I get a lot of them on Yahoo. Yeah. But, uh, I was looking, I was looking around, I was messing with some, um, some like simulation models this week, quite a bit in football and one of the things I noticed was I didn't go down to um, the twenty-man Thunderdome low, but like just you know higher buy-in, lower amount versus you know lesser buy-in, tons of people type of things. And some of the results were like pretty in, you know intuitive, where the floor is going to be higher in the higher buy-in ones, but the ceiling is going to be lower. So like if you're going to play in a ten-dollar you know lottery 
version of GPP, you're going to need whatever, like 150% of the cut line score. Where in a like $800 one or something, you're going to, you're not going to need that much, but you're not going to cash that much too. And so I didn't really go too deep into it, but it's definitely something to think about when you're playing something like a whatever hundred man higher buy-in of the floor is going to be higher too. So it's not just ceiling, right? Um, so, but you definitely there, you definitely would have like a different line of construction uh, from the, from the two different, those two different types right there. And another dynamic at play, I think in those Thunderdomes and smaller high stakes fields is if you look at projected ownership, those are generally catered toward larger field Millie maker stuff. And you're going to see the best plays be way higher on like Jamal Williams. I think he was probably projected like 35, 40% in the Millie and he comes in 75 to 80% in the high stakes stuff. So it also is a lot easier to get contrarian in those fields as well, because the ownership is really concentrating. There's a lot less entries though, too. Yeah. So um, I think that kind of balances itself out a little bit. So like, let's say guys, you know, Kamara's 50% owned in the cheap ones and 70 in the higher ones. Yeah. But you also have 10,000 less people or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, a couple things here. Uh, one in, in the chat only came for J Mac. He's coming soon guys. We told him eight 30, Brian and I, we have, you know, some let the man, he, enjoy let, his the, pizza. let the man eat some pizza. Um, John Kelly says, Pete, your thoughts on the run pure guys referring to you as the professional TikToker. <laughs> you know, I, I really honestly appreciate it. I haven't done a TikTok in a while and to know that just the body of work that I have done on there has such a long tail. Uh, and my reputation, uh, you know, speaks for myself on there. That impressed me. I was a little bummed that Big T, you know, he got real quiet. He didn't want to mention my name. Uh, I thought we were buds. I thought Big T and I were buds, uh, but I guess he forgot who I was. But no, yeah. that was a what? Go ahead. He's got he's got it slightly wrong. He didn't. They didn't call you the TikTok guy. Em Dupe called you the TikTok guy. They acted like they didn't know who we were. <laughs> it was it was it was cute. I, I, yeah. Terrible like that. It's yeah. all right. I, I get it. I mean, we're just a couple of guys that uh, that hate freedom, and uh, and and we're just nerds, man. That's, I just I just want to be I want to be one of the cool jock bros that plays DFS, man. I'm like, how do how do I do this? But you know, everyone calls me a nerd for playing this game about a game that uh, you know real professional athletes play, and I want to be the jock who plays this game, Brian. I think the most insulting thing to me is I've been called a lib a whole bunch. <laughs> You are, you are a feckless. I'm a recovering lib. lib. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I did want to talk about the collusion uh, uh, tweets that went out there about, so in the MMA uh, 10 man, 5,300, Alex sent out a tweet saying who had his cash lineup from his site. And he was kind of insinuating two things. One that he was trying to help out uh, um, EM dupe. And the other one that he's using his, his site, his, his projections directly. So in my opinion, I would say he, he wasn't doing that. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Like he doesn't have the incentive to do it. He doesn't really seem like the type of guy who would want to do that anyways. And like, he would, I think he wants to win. Like how much money would EM Dupe have to even pay him to make it worth his wild? It's, yeah. you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up to me. And the, 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 the cash game thing is like, I have no idea how he makes his cash game. He's so I don't know about if he's using his, but, I also wouldn't call it collusion. I I said this to a tweet to Nelson. I would call it more like angle shooting, even if that was true, but I don't think it's true. The other aspect is the Mach Lovin aspect. And I don't think that's even angle shooting. So like Mach Lovin, like in my opinion, so this is what I was telling um, uh, Petty Theft when he was on our, our show last week is like, he should, he should try to get the odds up and play the Thunderdome. Uh, because you got multiple ways to win it, but especially in the MMA, you should just try to dupe um, EM, EM2's lineup, right? How, so getting- but how do you dupe someone that doesn't use projections? It's so hard. You have to get inside their head and know what they're going to do. I, that that just seems so hard, Brian. <laughs> it's, well, it could be hard, but you got a decent shot at it, I think, if you just aggregate everyone's projections. But like, uh, 
like I think that because if you do match them, like you know, you kill them, you kill his EV, and so like the amount of money they're playing. So like, what do what do you think? Do you think that's unethical? Um, well, I saw uh, Nelson. Uh, he had a tweet about this too, about like, and if you think about the financial incentives at play, I don't know if Osimo has more side action on top of this other than the fifty k side bet, but obviously McLovin with five hundred thousand dollars on the line is is incentivized to maybe play this from some of those additional angles. Um, I don't know what if he has anything else on it. I I, I don't think he does. But um, you know, just from Mac Levin's perspective, I think that's I don't I don't think that's even angle shooting. And like, if someone makes a bad bet against you, and you know, like the the rules are, I'm betting on this other guy. It's like he's not doing any because collusion would be like if him and Alex teamed up and talked together and something like that. Like I think him changing his personal strategy to give him the best bet on this side bet is completely completely just good gambling of course because i mean what in in a given thunderdome generally if he's the, even doing that if he's even doing that if I'm he's doing that but yeah he would be incentivized to think about those things if yeah. if the top prize across whatever 10 thunderdomes is they're forty thousand dollars to first and that's so what over 10 that's four hundred thousand dollars if you if you ship everyone and he has a five hundred thousand dollar side bet like don't the economics like force him to consider those angles yeah, for sure. Because he's probably like, let's say he's plus EV, you know, a couple grand in each one. So whatever, that's like 10, 20 grand EV. He's going to, and you're not, you're not like dead. You're just duped, which could still cash. And, um, and if you don't dupe, you're still alive. So it's like, I mean, that's what I, th- I would have to think about a little more, but I would definitely on the MMA side, consider that. It seems like that's the motto of a lot of people who play these. If you're, even if you're duped, you're still alive. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem like that. Um, All right. So yeah, so we got those competitions going. It does. It is interest, an interesting dynamic playing in the open forum tournament versus like the isolated head to heads, like AE Jones and Rufus are playing in because then you eliminate all those additional variables. But I also see why, that wasn't appealing to Osimo and and he wanted to um, be able to flex uh, what he would consider his, his uh, advantage in a more tournament uh, style contest. What about this? We'll start a site DFS site where you gamble on DraftKings, and then, but it's big free and like, we'll be the escrow company. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Right. Like, so if you're playing head to head, someone just escrow over here. It's big free. Well, we'll charge, you know, 2% for our troubles. Yeah. And they'll trust us because we're nerds, man. Like, how, how could you not trust some nerds with your money? I mean, we're not going to go squander it on on Coke and, and strippers. Right. Yeah, or, or hookers. Oh, I, that's what I was trying to get to, and I, yeah. I stumbled there for a second. Uh, Nick <laughs> Nick Wonder in the chat, just bought a Kyle Allen jersey with my DK crowns. Explained to my wife I've been eating ants and learning how to play DFS from Pete. I think my wife is packing her bags. Thanks, Pete. No problem, Nick. No problem. You are going to get far more out of life grinding DFS than you would ever get from long-term monogamous relationships. So I think you made the right decision there. Um, have you any other, you know, now that Osimo is down in the challenge, I believe $10,000, uh, do you think anything changes for him or you think he continues to play the contest exactly as he was after or at the beginning? I would guess he's playing exactly the same and EM two will play exactly the same, especially with a lead. Um, I don't think there's much, I mean like that Bridgewater double stack is, is about, you know, contrarian as you're going to get in a 20 man anyway. So like, what's he going to do? You know, cause he wants to hit big. He, he's not down as much as he could be. Cause, cause uh, Blake had a big weekend. Yeah. So like his fighter law, his first fighter lost like right in the morning, and then he was dead after like three fights, and he but he didn't lose anything because Alex's team didn't didn't win either. So he, he so that that was helpful. And all of his golfers like had like a good moving day Saturday, and uh, they were even just as good, if not better, on Sunday. So like he had a good weekend. So I mean, Alex is a dog now, though. Man, 
Hey, well, I'm checking in on the chat. We got so many nerds logging in. We got Petty Theft. We got Jordan Cooper. We do got David Kaplan, aka Head Chopper. Chopper, will you let us know in the chat? Are you a nerd or a jock? I I have a hard time sussing that that one out. I feel like you could self-identify as either one of those. Let us know. Are you on Team Nerd or Team Jock here? It, we we do need to know. Um. Oh, and we got Kirk Kirk D's here in the chat who is very angry that I ever denied being in the Corona Poker Club Discord chat. I apologize. On the record, I got an invite from Bobby Gomes one fateful morning in, in April, I believe, and I went in there for, th for three hours. It honestly seemed like a grand old time, uh, but I, I haven't been in there since, and I apologize for ever disowning my involvement in the CPC. I just wanted to get that off my chest, Brian. Are they still doing it? I don't know. I, I think so. I think I've, I see reference to it. What what do they play? Do they play sit and goes or cash games? I don't know. I, I think Corona Poker Club is more of a brand now. You know, it, it's not oh. an actual uh, poker club. All right. Uh, all right. We we do have Head Chopper. I am a former jock drifting toward nerd. Well, welcome welcome to to the nerd side. This this is the show for you. Um, Wasn't it technically right. cool kids? Didn't they call themselves cool kids? I guess jock slash cool kid. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said cool kid. It's the cool kids versus the nerds. Oh, for in the in the contest. Uh, Chris Kirkwood, yeah. Oh, sit and goes. It's sit and goes. Sit yes. and goes. And see, I was right. It's a brand. It's a lifestyle. It's it's uh that's what it is. Um, all right. What's your shirt, Brian? Space Force. Space Force, yeah. So Trump, I'm not, Trump's I'm Space Force? not a nerd. <laughs> I'm on Team Jack. Yeah, team Jack, Space Force. <laughs> did you ever go to space camp as a kid, Brian? I did not. No. no. Yeah. That sounds like something rich kids could do. Yeah. Rich right? nerds. Rich. Yeah. Right. The rich nerds. I wasn't there. Speaking of rich nerds, J Max coming on the show here in about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, by the way, this would be a good time to plug. I do uh, Friday streams uh, on my channel. We do uh, talk DFS strategy, build a lineup for the week. Brick, 75, Brian Hooper, my buddy. We are, I've always done shows on his channel. He's coming over to my channel. We're going to talk week eight DFS strategy. So if you guys want to check that out on Friday, we'll go live around noon Eastern. That'll be on my channel that you can search my name and find that. That'll be a grand old time. I'm going to try to get Brian to leave his mind and his world of, of projections and his optimizers and all of these tools he has at his devices and try to get him to be a hand builder for one day. That's what we're going to try to do, Brian. I'll try my, try my best. <laughs> Um, all right. Zaz Zazzy says, can you please ask J-Mac how life is different now that he's a billionaire? This is these are the hard hitting questions we will definitely ask J Mac when he's done eating his pizza and he comes on here. So so what so what do you think now? Down 10k, what are Mark Lovin and Alex's chances? I mean, I don't think they're obviously so they're playing a small sample size, right? Over yeah. 10 slates and Osmo was always going to be playing this strategy where he's playing for first. So I don't think EM Duke being up 10,000 changes his strategy at all, but naturally his odds have decreased because he has three less slates mm -hmm. to do it. So he's, he's running out of time to realize that. I mean, how do you think about it? I don't know. I'd say like minus one thirty or something like that. Probably. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not definitely not over cause it's, it's a GPP, but it, it hurt. It hurt him. <laughs> When that fighter went down, he's probably like, "Oh, I'm looking good. I'm looking good." And and that was before the golfers teed off. He was he was looking, he was looking much better before like ten o'clock Central Saturday. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chris Chris Sommerman says we need answers about J Mac second inning screenshot. Don't worry, that's one of the questions I have queued up. Uh, let's see here. Justin Justin did just like the tweet on here. I know we told you eight thirty, Justin, but the people are chomping at the bit for you. They want you. They're sick of us. Uh, you have the link. Hop on whenever you'd like, yeah, Justin. Yeah, when you're ready. Um, all right, what else do we got here? Nick's asking me about, <laughs> you're in the wrong stream. I do that show right after this. How aggressive should we be on Tyler Higby of the FFPC format? We will talk about that on Ship Chasing at 9.15 p.m. Eastern. Wrong stream, buddy. Unless Brian has a take, 
on Tyler Higby in a tight end premium format. He does have a hand injury. Coach McVay says he'll be all right. I guess your lucky day, Nick. We just answered your question. Be fairly aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really sweating Tyler Higby's hand. <laughs> big, big deal. Big deal for me. Oh my goodness. How did, uh, how, how did your, uh, DFS week go? Are you, are you still, um, getting it in on Yahoo pretty heavy? Yeah. Yeah. I was fine. Super draft. I was fine until, until the late night hammer. Uh, and then the other, I didn't, and in the big tournaments, I didn't do, do, do shit really. It wasn't yeah. too bad, I guess, but yeah, no, nothing big. Are you doing anything with ownership on Yahoo or are you just doing your own projections and letting it rip? Yeah, it's mostly cash on Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I entered the 150, but they're mostly, I don't know, 10 man stuff like that. Yeah. Steve, Steve, our buddy Steve has logged in with a Higby take. Apparently, Steve has stashed Gerald Everett on his teams and wants Higby to sit out a little bit longer. Steve, I see right through you. Steve, I, I am surprised you have a Periscope account. That is <laughs> impressive. That impresses me. <laughs> I actually don't even remember how it works. Uh, I think you can just log on with your Twitter. I could be wrong though. No, I couldn't. I don't. I don't think you can comment. Yeah. So you are the guy I keep losing money to on Yahoo. Are you are, are, not Peter Overzet? Uh, are you sending head to heads to Brian on Yahoo? Do they allow you to send head to heads on Yahoo? Uh, yeah, I think you can challenge people. Okay, yeah. Chat. What's your username? I, I'm sure he would like to take a stab at the king here. Mine? Yeah. What's your your handle? Get it out. Brick seventy five. It's the same on every site. Brick seventy five. This guy's a total nerd fish. He's wearing a Space Force shirt. Send him a head-to-head on Yahoo. You can absolutely destroy him. It'll be a grand old time for you. Um, yeah, you can log on with Twitter, Space Force Nerd. <laughs> you, you, could, you, you must not have been able to figure out the functionality here. Do you think uh, this is the most demand for a uh, guest we've ever had? Yeah. I've never I mean, seen the demands to have our guests come on early. Well, the last time we did have demands when we brought on Randone. And it was more people they wanted to hear Randone talk about stocks. <laughs> they, were, right, yeah. they were sick of us talking about fantasy and MMA, and they just we, wanted to hear Randone talk. We had a thousand concurrence on that, <laughs> that stream talking about KTOV or what was the stock? I can't even remember. I know it's been a KTOV. long time. KTOV. It did change my life. It did. Um. All right, we got Justin here on Twitter. Just ate a Domino's pizza in 10 minutes to get ready for my 8.30 appearance here. I think that means DraftKings owes me a Millimaker tickets, but not positive. Can't wait to talk Bermuda golf in Osmo versus Empire. This is news to me that we're talking Bermuda golf, Brian. If, if he wants to. it's uh, That's just the name of the tournament. It's, we're not talking about the uh, the grass, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, he's like, he's like um, building the suspense instead yeah. of just hopping on. Uh, Chris, Chris says, wow, I missed the Randone episode. I believe I deleted that one from my Periscope, like the next day when it was done. You did. Yeah. Did so you keep, cause you're down. still up? No, I took it down. Cause you did. I didn't want to like, leave. I didn't face. care. I didn't care what you did. I just was like, this was such a shit show. I just, uh, I, still, I didn't delete it. I just took it off. That I don't, I barely remember even what happened. I did. That's one of the only periscopes I've ever deleted after the fact. And I don't even remember why I did the mainstream when we were watching the MMA. Yeah. And so it's like four and a half hours long and everyone was drinking. Whoa, we got big T in the chat. The jocks, they've sniffed out the nerds. I want to talk about TikTok videos and fake screenshots. When do I get big T? Are you still stewing on that? We had I had like a tweet to Big T like four months ago. How if he stopped hiding his? Uh, I've kept up my bargain of the deal. I said if I if you stop hiding your amount entered on your winning screenshots, I'll stop posting TikTok videos. I've stopped posting TikTok videos. Anyways, the man of the hour is here. It is J Mac. What's up, buddy? Hey, I am so excited to be here. I've always regarded you as one of the top 100 funniest people in the industry. So I'm. It's an honor. When are you releasing your power rankings for that, actually? I, it's behind the paywall. Sorry. Okay. So, there, so there's 100 funny people in the DFNS industry? Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. They're mostly mostly underground. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know them. It's not the, none of the people that we all think of. 
Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, is there like a special sauce with like the Roto grinders proprietary rankings? I would love to know, is there a way I can game it to move up J max funny rankings? Yeah. That's a good question. People ask that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you have to have interactive access to the war rooms and post funny things inside the war room. So you gotta, it's, you gotta pay, you gotta pay to play. It's, you know, it's like anything else. <laughs> Wow, this is crazy. All right, I need to get in the war rooms. I need to get off some pithy comments and just work my way up the ranks in this pay-to-play format, but I'll do it for the brand. Will I get a badge? Maybe a an avatar, number one yeah. funniest guy in the war rooms? We can definitely do that, yeah. That's awesome. something we can organize. So people were roasting me for not being able to pronounce your last name. Can you tell us how to pronounce that? You know what? It's, it's fair because the officiant at my wedding butchered it. So if that's going to happen, then anyone's allowed to butcher it. Uh, it's, it's Mac Mahan. Mac Mahan. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. We go. It's uh yeah, you know, I'm used to it. Um, it's, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, so don't worry about it. So for there's, there's lots of stuff. I think we're excited to talk about tonight. The most pressing topic. And I saw this, someone in the chat wanted to know, we want to hear about this second inning screenshot last night. I didn't even hear how this ended up at one point you were winning a hundred thousand dollars. How did that lineup end up doing? I think it min cashed, which honestly is good. Like for <laughs> considering, uh, you know, second inning, anything could happen. No, I, I really, I enjoyed the, the reactions to the early screenshots. I, I should probably stop, um, but it's just so hard to resist. I <laughs> I see myself, you know, with a lineup that's definitely not going to win, and it's it's in first in the second inning, and I think now's my chance to get some amusement out of this $10 that's probably down the drain because Floro was, like, done. He pitched, like, he faced, like, one batter. So I was like, here's here's my one and only shot to get some entertainment value out of this. And, and the funniest thing, I'm so glad I did it because the Justin Turner COVID situation, they announced that – at the end of the second inning was when they actually, the Dodgers got the first call that his COVID test came back inconclusive. So then I was able to say, we should reset the DraftKings results to the end of the second inning and just pay it out from there because the rest of the game is invalid. So that riled some people up too. There's a lot of people that, that get all up in arms about the early screenshots. And I, I have a hard time resisting messing with them. Brian, I think this is actually brilliant by Justin because he's fully balanced his range to where it's a beautiful marketing technique for people who might be thinking about subscribing to the War Rooms. They're like, holy cow, this guy's won $100,000. And then the people who know that that lineup's inevitably going to min cash can tr start trolling him, which he actually wants to trigger them. So this is actually a perfect strategy, Justin. I can't, I can't give myself that much credit to have thought it through that far in advance. But it did kind of play out that way. So, yeah, it's it's not the worst thing. I do pick up some followers. Um, you know, I had like two people DM me and say, did you actually win $100,000? And I was like, no, like that, not at all. Like it's a total joke. Um, I actually, I try to help people catch on to some of the jokes in the industry. Um, I always feel bad for people who are on the outside looking in. So like when someone's commenting, like, I don't understand, like you're saying you profited, but you clearly lost money. Like after a while, when they just they're get the butt of the joke for so long, like sometimes I'll DM them and be like, hey, here, here's what you're missing. Like, because <laughs> I just feel bad that people are just like, just don't get the joke. Um, and it can be hard over Twitter. Sometimes it's sarcasm is hard to pick up. Brian, I always say the best jokes are the ones that have to be explained. Do you agree? <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but if they have to be explained, it's probably the, the guy's fault. And I wouldn't I wouldn't correct him. I would let him I would let him live in ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, do you have some takes on this, uh, on this Osmo EM dupe challenge? Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I do. So, so first of all, I bet on Osmo. Um, but you know, it, it, I think there's a few reasons. Um, I think that the, the dupe, the dupe lineups really holds back the, like the long run expected value for EM. I think even over 10 slates, um, you know, you can see that he's already been blocked from, finishing first in every contest he's been in except golf. So two out of three, halfway through, there was no way he could even win um, because he had so many players that other people had the same combos ahead of him. And I like that Alex's lineups are completely unique and could finish first on his own. Um, and I got odds taking Alex too. Um, so I thought it was worth backing him. But as far as like who to root for, if you don't have any money on the line, I still feel like you should root for Alex. And I've hung out with Blake more in person and I don't, they're not even the same people like Blake in person is actually a very nice guy. 
And like he, Tasha, actually, my wife likes him a lot. She doesn't know about his online personality, which is obnoxious. And so she thinks that he's a really nice guy. And that's just a testament of how different they are in person because his online personality is like is total 180. And there's just, it's hardly even an opinion to say that he's a complete jerk. Like on Twitter, he is just so obnoxious and he kind of does it to drum up action. Um, and it's, but I think he enjoys having this alter ego, but I can't root for that alter ego. Like when I see him in person, I, you know, I like him. He's a nice guy, but you can't root for this, this alter ego. Cause it's just like, just total, like obnoxious bashing everybody kind of. And, and Alex is like, he's the same in person as he is on Twitter. Um, I don't know how much you guys have spent time with each of these two, but I feel like Alex is like, just kind of just a genuine nerd. That's just who he is. And, um, and I probably resonate a little more with, with that, just like, um, just kind of being sort of dorky, but like, but a nice person. Um, and I've just always felt like Alex was nothing but nice to everybody. So I feel like you want to see the nice nerd prevail against the kind of obnoxious, like alter ego, like aggressive jerk on Twitter. So, um, what's your, what's your take on it, Pete? Do you feel like that's an accurate assessment of them? Um, I, well, I don't, I don't know Blake at all IRL. Uh, I only know his, uh, Twitter persona, but I'm uh, very, uh, in tuned with doing bits and playing characters on Twitter. So I, I know what it means to play a heightened version of yourself online and how you can reap the clout benefits of such a tactic. So yes, uh, I don't think some people can see through the, uh, the meta games going on there, but, uh, I believe Empire Maker has gained a couple thousand Twitter followers. So if you, if you want to know the, uh, the motivations for a heel turn, there are there if you look closely enough. I do want to know, is it awkward for you at your home? Are you guys having these dinners where you're like, go Osimo? And she's saying, go EM dupe. Like, is that awkward for you guys? No, because she met Alex as well. And she she was like, oh, like, I hope he wins. You know, like, she's like, I hope that he beats Blake. But So she's rooting for him as well. Um, even though we spent more time with Blake, she felt like Alex deserves to win. Um, so... <laughs> She's yeah, but she's she's very much uh, on board with whoever I say we're rooting for is like that's fine. Like uh, <laughs> she'll follow along a little bit, but she doesn't have very strong takes. Yeah, I like how people uh, consider online poker players and DFS players like some of them aren't nerds. Yeah, <laughs> they're all fucking nerds. Yeah, it's online sure. poker and DFS. It's uh, right. you're not like playing quarterback for the for the Bears or something. Yeah. Although we probably could play quarterback for the Bears. Bad example, right? Like your tongue, young man. <laughs> so Justin, are you are you have you been in any of these Thunderdomes so far that they've competed in against each other? Yeah, I've I've joined them. I don't do uh MMA normally, but I joined this one for the first time in months just to kind of just to follow along, get a better, get a better sweat on my awesome action. Um, but I think I'm going to stop joining them because I play much more like Alex than like Blake. And I feel like I'm probably hamstringing my own action on Alex to join with another contrarian strategy. I'll leave that spot open for Schlong to jump in and do Blake's lineup next time. Well, that's how I was talking to uh, Leone, who I believe uh, finished last in the Thunderdome this week. And I was like, you should probably sit this out for a few weeks while these guys are actually all paying attention to it now. And then circle back in a few weeks down the road. Yeah, because mysteriously, Sean hasn't been joining them and Mock doesn't have the same lineup as Blake. Blake is not playing the the straight optimal. uh, He makes some crazy plays, man. (laughs) <laughs> Since it started. Well, he never did before. I mean, I've been in probably 100 Thunderdomes with him, and I'd say 90 times out of 100, his lineup is exactly what I would have expected it to be. So, And now he's over. I'm over three on guessing what his lineup will be since this started. So I think he's taking much more time. Um, I mean, I've been with him on days before where he plays, you know, the same amount of action he normally does. And I swear I never once saw him look at a single thing. Like, I don't even remember him looking at his phone, let alone opening a laptop. So – um whatever project i mean not to like say he's not a good player he is but like whatever he's using is is pretty much mostly done for him it's already done it's kind of the aggregate projection mean um kind of what everyone assumes but it's uh whatever he's doing now he's putting a lot more effort into it because he's not landing on the straight optimal dupe lineup so he's clearly aware that the dupe lineup is not the right strategy for this this contest i meant to ask who do you have your side action with in this bet um mostly with blake because he's giving better odds than anybody else um, <laughs> what'd you so, get in it 
Uh, I got it at plus 125. He, he said plus 135 if I want to hurt you. And I thought <laughs> that he might, but he didn't want to. So I only got plus 125. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I, I tried commenting on Twitter. Like, so I assume plus 135 for me. Um, but then he texted me now just, just 125. But still, I mean, that's pretty good odds on something that, considering that most of the time, neither of them will cash. This is going to come down to who binks one time. So it's. And it's victory. Yeah, what if, I I actually missed that. What if 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 they end up as a push? How how does the bet? Is it a is it all off? I assume I assume it's just a push. Yeah, okay. it seems unlikely that they would like exactly push. But now that he won, now that he min cashed once, it seems unlikely that they'll push. Um, but it could happen. That'd be that'd be pretty boring if it all ended like that. Do you have thoughts on the Edelman play? I did, can't say I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I I did like the the Carolina stack. I thought I that was I thought that the game right when it started. I thought I you know I had Mike Davis and I thought the game could easily go. You know they could abandon the run and and they did. Um, you know I had Davis at six percent in the Thunderdome and I think Alex had the Panther stack at three or six percent also. And I thought, well, good. This will, as long as the Panthers score, this will work out for me one way or the other. Either Alex will win or I'll get Mike Davis points. Um, and neither, you know, they didn't score enough. Neither of us cashed. But um, it was kind of a weird slate. I mean, I scored, I think I had my best score in years. I scored like 220 and I didn't have Lockett or Adams. I think I had the best score on the site without Lockett or Adams. And I didn't want anything. And I was kind of annoyed by that. Um, cause you know, if it's another week, if you, if it's without the outlier games, I probably ship everything, but I think blender has some, uh, comments on that. Yeah. Mindset. You, you sound like one of the crazy people on Reddit that thinks they deserve to win just cause they scored so many points. Don't you know that the game, Justin is not scoring so many points. It's outscoring your opponents. Justin. I have, I've read that somewhere. I think it was, uh, the great Jonathan Bales that first quote, first realized that that's what the game is all about. Um, <laughs> so do you guys think, do you guys think that, uh, Blake is doing, uh, Coke with hookers? What, what's the odds? What are the odds? On it? Or do you guys think this is just all persona? Having spent time around him, I don't think I should answer this question. Maybe, maybe. Uh, oh, oh, are you doing blow with Blake? Are you? Okay. Maybe. I don't know. How do you Maybe think he's getting offered plus one thirty five? You got to be in the Coke inner circle for that one. No, I got plus one twenty five. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do it off the strippers' ass. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, you know, no, back, I, oh, I, I don't think so, Brian. To answer your question legitimately, I think uh, you know one of the days that people said, "Wow, I think he's really off the rocker," and someone even texted me and said, "Look, I don't really know, but I think you should reach out and check in on him and make sure he's okay." Um, I didn't do that, but I, I texted Bryce and uh, third and long and said, Hey, can you just let me know? Is Blake actually, is he doing okay? Like, you know, people are a little worried and he's like, yeah, I'm golfing with him right now. He's fine. So like, you know, he, that's, that just shows like you can be hanging out with him and he can just seem like he's having a very chill, casual day. And then you open his Twitter account and he's going nuts. So, so no, like, no one's ever, uh, golfed on Coke before. <laughs> well, not to say that, but like he'll seem very chill and calm, and like he's just you know, like you got like he'll seem. Like, imagine if right now you open Twitter and Pete was all caps cussing people out. You'd be like, that's surprising because it doesn't seem like that's what he's doing right now. That's kind of how it is, like being around Blake in person. Brian's actually my social media uh, coach, and he everything you see from me is funneled directly yeah. from Brian. That's good ideas for tweets. Uh, yeah. They didn't go through. <laughs> And I'm also Brian's social media coach, and I'm the one that told him to make that autistic, you know, <laughs> penis in the mouth joke. So, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. Put the really inappropriate stuff out on Brian's account since you've got too much to lose, Pete. You're so famous now. Really? I, I, I thought I was barely in the top 100. Well, that's top 100 funniest. But as far as like well-known, I think you're up there. Okay. People, people in the in DFI were like, "That's super cool that you're going to be talking to Pete." Like, people, <laughs> people think that they mistakenly believe that you're like a pretty cool guy. I, I I hate to say this, Justin, but I don't know if the people in the DFI war room have the kind of best uh, nose for coolness. <laughs> 
That's no, that's fair. I, mean, <laughs> I think we both just owned ourselves there. Yeah, yeah. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be proud of it. I just thought it was <laughs> it's always nice to pass on a compliment to somebody, whether it's going to mean something to them or not. What uh, what's going on in the war rooms these yeah, days? What's what kind of what kind of sick shit are you guys doing in there, yeah. Justin? <laughs> yeah, we're uh, you know, for the Bermuda Open, we are uh, just warning people that it's going to be an absolute shit show, and they're not going to have any fun sweating it. Um, yeah, <laughs> you have to let people know sometimes because uh, people get disappointed if they get all excited for a slate, join a bunch of contests, and then find out there's no shot tracker and they don't know anybody that's in it. So it's it's weird because the DK final is right now. Like I have to pay attention to the Bermuda Open because I'm trying to get top 40 out of 100 to move on to the Masters. And it's kind of a miserable, this is going to be a miserable sweat, like not even having shot tracker. I don't even know if you can watch this. Um, and Will Zalatoris is like the favorite, so it's pretty ugly. <laughs> Literally never heard of that guy in my life. And I played famously about 10 slates of PGA during the summer of coronavirus. So, uh, Brian, do you have any takes on that guy? Is, is he truly the favorite? Uh, yeah, he's 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 the favorite. He uh, Brendan Todd's got the uh, highest salary, though. Which you'd never think you would see something like that. But, yeah, yeah there's just a bunch of – you know, I don't know they're they're better than me, but you know, scrubs on the PGA tour. Are you a big golfer? No, nah, I'm not. I'm okay. I'm not that good. I'm about, to start, like, I'm about to start 90s, learning. Low 90s. Yeah, I asked on Twitter like, where should I get golf lessons? Everyone told me to you know call some really expensive pro golf coaches. So I said, all right, great, and went to Dick's Sporting Goods, and you can get free lessons there. Justin, what I think you should do, you have a very loyal, engaged fan base on Twitter. I think you should just post your swing daily and let the Twitter eggs kind of give you feedback in real time, and then each day you kind of post the adjustments you make from their feedback. That's actually not a bad idea. I think maybe I'll get like one lesson from Dick's Sporting Goods swing coach. The guy was really nice, and I didn't have the heart to not accept he was really excited about training me. So I'm going to go there on Monday, get my first lesson, learn how to swing the right way. And he said, from there, oh, I'm good. I can just go out and practice it on my own. So I think I'll, I'll do one lesson for half an hour, go practice my swing, and I'll start posting videos on Twitter. The, the last time I posted a golf swing video on Twitter, I was roasted for it for weeks. I mean, I was getting quote tweets on it three weeks after the fact saying, this is the worst swing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's just good engagement, though, for you, man. That, yeah, interaction. Yeah. Not a lot. You don't get a lot of followers from yeah. that, but you want it's brand exposure. Yeah, posting posting a bad golf swing is like posting a second inning MLB winning screenshot. You know, you're just going to trigger people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, Justin, you call you called uh, me and Peter out months ago for our comments on the war rooms, which oh, I, I thought were very that. benign. I didn't. We, we said we didn't know what was going on in there. Yeah. So what what is the war room? What makes it different than let's you know fantasy labs or us yeah, yeah. So like five years ago, I really loved the sweat of DFS, but found the research to be kind of exhausting. And I was like trying to find an app that because I was always doing everything on my phone, like out out in college, like out on campus. I just wanted to be on my phone and do stuff, and I didn't find any apps to be like that simple to just give me like in five to ten minutes. Give me the really important information that I need to know so that I can build a lineup and sweat this slate. And so I just built it myself. And so that's what the war room is like right at the top. It just has all the players that you could consider picking, like basically all the viable players at each position. And then it tells you who the total locks are, which we call the must haves. And then underneath that are write-ups that just give you like what you need to know. And it kind of goes like sequentially, like the more in depth you want to go, you can keep reading um, but in like five minutes, you could kind of get like the basic points you need to know. Like these guys are out. These are the total locks that are going to be super chalky. Here's the ones you could consider fading. But if you do that, you know, this is the leverage that you might want to consider. Um, and then we just do write-ups on all the players that are in the header for like why they're, why they're there, why they're worth picking. Um, and so it kind of lets people just like build their own lineup, but know that they, they're not missing anything really important. And if we update, like there's a late scratch, we post something in there and you'll get a push notification through the app that like, you know, we made another pin post in the war room so that you can just swipe it open and just see what you need to know. Um, and like, I'm a relatively lazy DFS player, unless I'm hosting the war room myself that day, I pretty much just rely on the war room. And like, that's how I know it's, it's solving the problem that I at least set out to solve in the beginning, because 
when I only have five to 10 minutes, I just go straight to the war room and I have access to all the sites. Uh, I just don't find any of them to recap the slate fast enough to like, let me build in 10 minutes and still feel like I really know what I'm doing. My only complaint is like, you have this, you have this nice brand with the war room and then you're still calling it locks. Like, why don't we continue the war motif? Like, why aren't these your generals for the slate? And then you have your pump play foot soldiers, you know, like, I just feel like we should have really leaned into this. Yeah. Well, DFS army kind of knocked us off or, or I don't know, not, not knocked us off, but like they, they play up the same like army style, like and going then, to battle on every yeah, side. I guess. I don't know. I can't say I'm like super well versed in their content, but um, but yeah, I don't know. We didn't want to go too far into like the going to battle stuff. We don't want to seem like we were like super like macho guys because that's really not like our, who we are. So because um, that's what people want to know now when they sign up for a site is like, am I getting some cool jock dudes or am I just getting some nerds that do projections? So tell us yeah. once and for all, are you guys a jock site or are you a nerd site? We're kind of like the in between. We're kind oh, of like here we go. Like, we're a lot, of, we're a lot of like married, normal-ish guys that are also like the nerd out on stats. So it's you know, I like it's kind of a blend. I, I really wouldn't pigeonhole us into one or the other. We've got some of both, but I'd say most people are just like kind of normal married guys that just like the, doing this for fun. So if you are a single guy out on the prowl, this isn't a community for you. It's a very monogamous kind of kind of feel. Um, I don't, it, yeah, that's a good question. That's good, <laughs> <laughs> good question. You actually yeah. seem like, yeah, we don't actually want single dudes. We don't want you. Yeah. No, you're, 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 are are polygamists allowed? What was that? Are polygamists allowed? That's fine. Just no single. If, if you don't, no want, single guys. Okay. If you don't One want or more spouses, we don't want you around. Just don't be single. Like, <laughs> I do think you guys need to go to battle with DFS Army. I don't even know who that is. Although I have seen the avatars. It like looks like the shit emoji, but it's in like camouflage or something. Yeah, yeah. But you guys need to go to battle and settle once and for all who is the preeminent DFS war branded site. I don't know if I want to give them that much exposure. I don't like I <laughs> that seems like a losing battle, like for us. What about what about you? What about Tau Wars? You first round bracket run pure sports, the cool kids. Versus the married uh, one spouse or more war room. What's the odds there? You taking? Are you taking Run Pure down? Oh, I think so. I mean, they're so new. They're still a disjointed franchise. They don't have it. They don't have the chemistry that we have from five years in operation. I mean, I was telling someone the other day. They said, like, you know, how much research are you doing for your own golf lineups? And I was like, almost none. Like our golf manager has profiled these courses four years ago. And every year when they go back to these courses, he tweaks all of his models based on what, what the strokes gain stats that work the best that year makes changes based on the course. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to put anything together. that's better than that. So, you know, what am I going to spend my time? Just read a bunch of articles from people saying like, this guy has good form. He hasn't missed a cut in three weeks. Like who cares? Like, you know, so anyway, there's no way run pure has that kind of, you know, years of expertise so i would be happy to go head to head with them but i, I like those guys i don't want to i don't want to bury them in the ground you know yeah for for any of the dfi wives that just heard models on the show we're, we're talking about uh spreadsheets <laughs> with uh regression and analysis these are not super models just so you know eli reasons in the chat says i only joined dfi because they promoted healthy long-lasting relationships your brand is strong justin it's very strong. We haven't we don't deviate from the brand. Yeah. It's I was caught one time at a strip club in Miami, but Tasha was there too. Blake Blake invited us out for a nice night on the town and we ended up at a strip club. But Tasha, to her credit, handled it like a champ. She admitted these girls are very talented. And we had a we had a very good time. So yeah, we're we're in the clear. There you go. Yeah. And see, we got Big T in the chat uh, in the chat. He's over here promoting his workbench where he's just railing his wife and bragging about it on Twitter. <laughs> but over in DFI, you guys are very uh, above board. You're very prude. You're very, you know, committed in these relationships. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, it'd be sad if you didn't have a workbench at home, right? <laughs> like, I don't, you don't need to be bragging about banging your own wife. Like, uh, <laughs> It seems like this goes without saying, I would say. It is. It has been hard to untangle these mental gymnastics of being nerds, or sorry, jocks that use projections to make optimal lineups and 
also monogamous men in, in relationships who do absolute work on their workbench. It is really hard for me to kind of untangle all of this. I'm still stuff. struggling with Jack. These are like 30-year-old, <laughs> late 30-year-old, out-of-shape guys. No one here is yeah. fucking a Jack. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm surprised that Empire has managed to hold on to that, that claim even after the Wrigley Field video surfaced of him whiffing not even a foot within the ball like a 10 times in a row before he just gave up and didn't ever make contact. Like, I don't think I could do much better, but I'm not a self-proclaimed jock. Like, I, like I'm not out here claiming that I, I didn't did. see that. Was it the pitcher like pitching legit or batting practice? Uh, to be fair, the pitcher sucked. He was throwing exclusively ephuses. <laughs> but still, I mean, you got to make contact once if you're going to call yourself a jock. Did you did you play sports in in high school or uh, you you strike me as like you went to Duke, right? I went to UNC. UNC. So oh my bad. You strike me as a guy that played intramural frisbee. Um, actually I wasn't very good at it. So I actually played basketball and volleyball in high school. I grew up in Southern California and, uh, and was like my, our team, our school actually won the national championship for volleyball, but I rode the bench for that. Um, but I had a good time and yeah, on the East coast, volleyball is not very cool. Um, and it actually, I've learned it's the worst sport to tell people that you are technically good at because you really can't do anything with a bad pass in volleyball. And when you're playing with amateurs, you're only going to get a bad pass. And they're like, why didn't you spike that? And it's like 10 feet behind me. And so I don't even tell people anymore. Like if I join a pickup volleyball game on the beach, I just act like I'm anybody else. And just eventually I'll hit someone hard in the face and just be like, wow, wow, that was a lucky swing. Wow, there you go. So miss. Next, next, if you find yourself at an all-inclusive resort and you see J-Mac over there, you know, walking over with a plastic cup filled with beer, do not get lulled into a false sense of security. This man yeah. is an assassin coming to ruin your vacation. Couples only resorts, most likely. So be aware yeah. if you're at a couples only. Yeah. So so how about, how about this? We got the uh, EM Dupe challenge. What if we up it for a Tout Wars challenge? Well, it'll be Tout Wars Pink Slips Challenge. So you put up the fucking company versus their company. Winner take all, right? Are we going to have to do an appraisal on these valuations before we do that? Yeah, I was say, are we just assuming that, that <laughs> one year is already in its six months of existence? Right, do an appraisal, and then you have to wage your side money to even it out, okay? Right. Yeah. And then if, if Big T and Who take you down, they, they own the, the war rooms. War they rooms the are war. theirs. And then I'm they can open kidding. it up to banging any chicks that anyone can be welcome, can be inclusive, cool kids. To bang all of our wives if we lose this DFS. <laughs> you could, I mean, you can add whatever you want into it. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, hopefully that would be consensual because uh, otherwise it'd be highly illegal. But right. yeah, let's let's ramp it up. And how about like Fantasy Labs versus uh, Awesomeo? You know, I don't know if they could do Fantasy Labs since they're owned now. Yeah, but let's let's do full out pink slips. Yeah. Heads up for rolls of this yeah. bullshit. If you guys, if you guys want to organize something like that, uh, you can count me in. <laughs> well, Brian did have an idea along these lines, and then DraftKings stole it and excluded him from it. I'm just gonna say them out loud, and then yeah, I'm not gonna be invited anyways. The uh, the DFS World, what was it called? World Cup. Are you in that, Justin? I was in the World Cup. I was on the the USA West roster. Wait, you said was? You guys are already out. We got, we got bounced. All the U.S. both U.S. teams were bounced early. Uh, we fared very poorly in the Australian Football League final. Believe it or not, America uh, is the laughing stock across the entire world. How is including there enough, how is there enough foreign players? There's probably like ten foreign players on draft. Yeah, there were there were, there, were badgeless, there were badgeless players in these contests. Badgeless. Um, they, Can you imagine? Yeah. I, <laughs> They they probably did like they sent out a free roll invite to every like email in Germany. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll join. Apparently they actually have really good like player engagement over there. Like they have good VIP reps and they do a lot of they take over soccer games and really engage them well. I it was news to me. This whole thing was eye-opening. I I was I enjoyed the experience. Big in Germany. We're the number 38th ranked pod dia, uh, fantasy podcast in Germany. Really? I, I looked it up today. That's exciting. Congrats. I see. I was actually thinking the, I was hoping that there was like a, a German version of, of this show, you know, talking uh, in Subtitles. long form about this challenge. Yeah. 
Yeah, can we? Yeah, let's. We need to smoke out all of these European DFS crushers, man. Are they hanging out on Twitter? Where are these guys? I don't know. Apparently, uh, some of them dabble in Discord, but I'm not. They're not in the CPC. That's for sure. I, I don't know. Pete, you were in the CPC for like 24 uh, hours. Please no. I mean, Chris is going to get all worked up again. I got an invite. I went in there. It seemed like there was a lot. I didn't know how to wade in. It seemed like you guys had this dynamic. I mean, Kirk has said this is a lifestyle and there was messages flying. I think when I looked, there was, had been hundreds in the past few hours. And I was like, I think this is too much for me, guys. I don't know if I'm I'm welcome here, if I can catch up, if I'm cool enough. It was, it was hard. It was hard to keep up. I had to quit my job just to keep up with all the messages in there, but it, it was well worth it. I, you know, Kirk posted a couple of shirtless photos every now and then, which really made it worth it. Um, so it seems like you would, uh, like literally, I, I'm saying this with complete sincerity from afar, it seemed like you had endeared yourself to a group of high stakes DFS players through your time in the Corona Poker Club. Is that a fair characterization? I probably did so by donating so much money in poker <laughs> that they were so happy that I was there. Um, so it's maybe that's true, but I would say that I purchased that title uh, by my poker donations. But you know what? I did learn how to play poker over the course of the summer. Um, so it was well worth the house that I lost. We <laughs> stood the, the, uh, the siege videotape didn't hurt. That was, yeah, that was the best thing to come out of that. That, that was made so it good. all worth it for sure. And the funniest thing is that, like, I was told for obvious reasons that I couldn't watch the Siege live stream, like, during the, the event. So I had no idea that this goal had developed until, like, 30 minutes after people were like, that was amazing because Siege was on a delay. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I won in a 37% flip. Like, it's a decent suck out, but not that amazing. And they're like, no, the content was incredible. And then I saw it go viral and I was like, wow, this is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> It was it was fabulous. So tell me tell me about the the DFI bets. So you can you fancy yourself a a, a sports better? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we've got some pretty sharp guys on our team that that mostly manage it. I put my bets in sometimes as well. Um, you know, now, we, do you hear that from just reading. You don't have any models or. Well, I know, I know apparently no one does be that. Be careful, Justin. Brian so, continues to have his brain no, 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 exploded no. by not everyone doing intense modeling like him. Uh, so we as a company have models, but I personally do not know how to code models. Um, so feel free to knock me for that if you'd like. But, um, but to be fair, I am on the calls where we decide which factors we want to weigh, and I help with that. I just don't know how to do it. Um, but yeah, we do use our models. Our basketball model is really good, which I think a lot of people, you know, basketball is probably the easiest one to like nail down exactly. Basketball? Like NBA. Sides and totals. That's like the hardest sport to beat. One of them. That's probably our, our best um, is our basketball model. I think that we've really like worked in, we've got like over a hundred factors in our basketball model. Um, we've really worked in a lot of like defensive synergies and stuff that, that we think affect totals specifically, wow. but um, but yeah, I mean, our team does a great job with college football too. That's, that's, I think that's probably the most exploitable one for spreads. Um, just cause especially right now, if you just keep up with like all the news, um, and you can get the, like, we've got a list of like all the beat writers that we're like keeping up with and try to try to develop some inside, inside connections every now and then, but it, it can be, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of empty DMs don't get replied to, but every now and then you get one back and it's worth it. Reminds me, Brian, of the time that. I uh, was DMing a League of Legends player whose name I'm blanking on. Stixay. Right. Stixay. Stixay. I found out that he was active and uh, it was, um, people were calling me the Adam Schefter of League of Legends there for a little while. Yeah. What, right what kind of scoops did you get out of Stixay? He told me he was playing. He was telling, I think we yeah. were worried about Green Viper. Was that it, Brian? Uh, maybe just Viper. Maybe just Viper. I, in my yeah. mind, it was a Green Viper. Stixay's but yeah. mom liked Peter's tweet. Stixay's eye, Stixay's mom does have it going on. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that, that's kind of the stuff that you get. Brian, it sounds like you've been struggling with NBA bets. Maybe Justin can hook you up with a promo code. You get in that warm room, start crushing. If, yeah, if you can beat uh, the NBA line sides and totals, man, that is impressive. Yeah. I the, the toughest one I think most people can agree on is NFL closing lines. I think if, unless, you're, unless you're getting them like right when they open and you're jumping on news throughout the week, I think by the time it closes, it's pretty much impossible to to consistently beat that. Yeah, I would All say right, 
from size and totals. I would stay away from size and totals in those markets. Yeah. Have you been Have you been limited, Justin, uh, on books like that and props and stuff? Yeah, I can't really use any of the like classic ones, like the Bovadas and the my bookies and stuff. I'm like capped at like twenty five dollar bets, so it's not really worth it. Um, because I was just hammering them on props, and they hate people to do that. Yeah. So they kind of they get rid of you after like, I think well, I withdrew, Bovada gave me a lot of leeway. They let me take out like 20,000 before they just sh shut me down. Um, but like strikeout props in particular is probably the easiest one. If you can hammer them, like they're just, you just dig into the matchups, especially like right when the lineups come out, they don't change the props. So like some team takes, puts out a scrub lineup and you just hammer the over on strikeouts and it makes it pretty easy. There you go. There it is, the edge. Um, I think we need to wrap it up here, but Justin, I appreciate you uh, popping on and uh, you know sharing with us your strong monogamous personal brand slash DFS style. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah, thank you. So appreciate yeah, check out check out Justin on Twitter. I don't. I feel like everyone here is here for Justin, so you probably already uh, follow him. But uh, check it out. It sounds like they are going to be playing. Heads up for rolls, pink slips versus the DFS army coming up. We will all be looking forward to that. I'm going to work hard on getting funnier so I can crap, crack the top 100 of his personal funny rankings. Um, like I said, Brian is going to be on my channel on Friday. We're going to talk DFS strategy, so you can check that out if you'd like. This show is on iTunes as well. I believe, Brian, we were rocketing up the charts last week on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, we, we got up there. Yeah, the Germans you were to, like release a pod every day though to stay stay as high as we were. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. Having me on is not gonna help. No, no, it is. It is. Once you start circulating this in the war room, yeah, that kind of guerrilla marketing. Rooms. All right, yeah, maybe I will. There's nothing right. going on right now, so it's a good time. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we'll we will be back next week. I'm sure we will uh be checking in on the big challenge as well. Thank you to everyone tuning in, including Half of our audience made up of the Corona Poker Club. This has been a, a wonderful evening for Justin, for Brian. I'm Peter. We'll see you guys next time. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.